Good Monday morning, and welcome to another episode of the podcast, Insanity, A Peace of Mind. I am your host, Stephanie. This is episode 81, and I am recording it after a very, very full week of good and bad. And I have neglected the Instagram and the metaphor topic because I have been on a family vacation staycation. We have picked up a foreign exchange student who is from France and will be spending the year with us. I have had some close family members hospitalized for some very serious health issues that have come completely out of the blue. And I have just spent the week trying to be with my family and check in with my loved ones and retain my sanity. I did not get even a fourth of the things done this week while I was on vacation that I had planned on getting done. But we enjoyed one another's company. We ate at good restaurants. We spent time playing games. We had good movie nights. And I have wonderful people in my life who are willing to take care of the needs of others while I enjoy a vacation with my family. And so I want to say hugs and kisses to those people. They know who they are, and I love them very much. And to the rest of you, thanks for being on this journey with me. And I'm sorry about the slack on the metaphor topic, because it's a good one. And I really want to maybe go with that for a bit to help you guys be a little bit more intentional with your thinking. So having said that, this week, I'm going to talk about this very simple but incredibly profound idea about taking in the good and seeing the good in our lives. And for me, this is a very fitting topic because my last week was a profound mix of heaven and hell, truthfully. So, I think I am well situated to talk about the idea of taking in the good. So I'm going to start with some facts that I we've talked about a little bit on the podcast, but I'm going to remind you of them. We all operate as human beings with a built-in negativity bias. And again, this is because we had ancestors who were always in survival mode and protection mode. They were making sure that they always had enough to eat because their lives were feast or famine, and they were also trying to protect themselves from everything that wanted to eat or hunt them. So we have this innate sense of looking for the worst in the world. So a few interesting facts. The brain generally reacts more to a negative stimulus than to an equally intense positive stimulus. 
animals, including human beings, are generally more likely to learn lessons from pain than from pleasure. More often than not, our painful experiences are more memorable than our pleasurable experiences. Most people will work harder to keep something they have than they will work to get or gain that same thing. And then lasting good relationships typically need a five to one ratio of positive interactions, five to negative interactions, one to sustain them in at a level of healthy connection and emotional regulation. These are all little facts and they are backed up by research by different people, which I didn't bother to give you because if that's interesting to you, you can ask me and I'll put it in the notes. So that's the basis for this idea of looking for the good. If that's our experience, the negativity bias, there's another statistic I may have given you guys a few weeks ago where 80% of what we think in any given day has some amount of negative content. That is another statistic to show you how our tendencies are to lean toward or lean into our negative experiences more easily than our positive ones. Let's see if this is true for you. So as an experiment, I want you to take the next few days and at the end of every day, I want you to run through a list of things that happened in that day. And I want you to determine whether you lean towards the negative or you lean towards the positive, or if you have a mix of both negative and positive, meaning you're just assessing factually what happened. For example, do you think about the driver that cut you off, or the bad news that you got at work, or the friend you got to have lunch with who you haven't seen for a while? Do you think about the date you've got coming up with your husband or wife that you're excited for? Or do you think about and complain to yourself about the dirty house that you're living in? What comes up for you, negative or positive? Because of the way our brains are wired, and you could use the analogies of Velcro, our brain is like Velcro for negative thoughts. And Teflon, meaning nothing sticks to Teflon, for the positive ones. So our implicit memory experiences, which are our, which are our underlying feelings, expectations, beliefs, and inclinations, generally tend towards the negative direction. And this is a problem because again, I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, I think it was the one about the hedonic treadmill, that most of the facts in our lives are actually either positive or neutral. 
we don't really have a an imbalance of negative things going on in our lives. The balance is actually much more moderate and much more toward the positive than our brain allows us to think. So I'm going to tell you how in this podcast to lean into the positive and spend a little bit more time and more intentional time thinking about the things that are good or bring happiness or might benefit you or others in your life by just doing a little bit of work, a tiny bit of work to increase your investment in the positive experiences. So this does not get rid of the negative experiences, but it will help shift your thinking patterns. And this is actually a tried and true, scientifically proven way to over to improve your life overall. I want you to also practice this with your kids or your grandkids because taking in the good and noticing the positive increases resilience, confidence, and overall happiness. So this is something you can do as a family. Okay, so how do you look for the good? One of the easiest ways to look for the good is to understand that good things that happen, just these basic factual everyday things that happen that you generally don't pay any attention to can be turned into a turned into one of those things that increases your positive outlook so for example if you manage to get three things crossed off your to-do list in any given day Instead of looking at the seven other things that you didn't get done, allow yourself to feel good and lean into the positive feelings of having accomplished the three. If you answered five emails at work that had been sitting there, you might be inclined to dismiss that as a non-event or the least you could do. But instead, I want you to see it as the good thing it is. It is a fact, and it is a good fact that you answered five emails. So we allow basic good things to go by in our lives without attention to them because we don't think they're good enough. Blooming flowers, singing birds, an afternoon rain shower, if that's what you like, time with your family. So often in life, a good thing happens and you know it but you don't feel it. So what I'm trying to get you to do and understand is that you need to feel 
the goodness of it so that it impacts your overall well-being. So this can be done at least a half a dozen times a day. So the first step is to notice something, okay? You're going to notice something good. It can be beauty. It can be nature. It can be family. It can be accomplishment. It can be literally anything. Take time to notice it. And it doesn't have to be for much longer than a minute or two. And you just pause and allow these good things, these facts that are good to sort of seep in. And then there's a little caveat here because you are going to have to resist the urge to follow that up with a yes, but, which is where you are going to start to diminish the impact of this good. So if you're talking about five emails when you actually had 15, it's going to be hard for the first little while to enjoy the feeling of accomplishing this smaller task in a larger task. So stick with it. So stay with it. It's not about whether you deserve to be happy about it. It's not about whether you could have done more. It's not about whether there is also this bad thing happen happening. You are to enjoy the fact of the good thing. And while you're doing this, in the one to two minutes that you are enjoying this moment where you are relishing the good that you have done or the good that you are experiencing, I want you to just breathe deep in and out, in and out, and really savor this moment. And that savor word reminds me of a similar podcast I've done before called Savoring Daily Rituals or something like that, because this is the same idea. But since I have been increasingly more invested in the negative side of life, it's time to go back to this. Okay, the next step is to really enjoy this experience. Very often, our good experiences are tiny, very mild. They're not monumental. They're not life-altering or the greatest thing that has happened to you in any given day. That's the point. The point is you need to find the tiny moments of goodness and enjoy them for this one to two minutes where you are allowing yourself to stay present with an accomplishment or a moment of serenity or a good Diet Coke or a great cup of coffee or a wonderful conversation with your mother, a smile from a coworker. 
and open up to this experience and let it fill your mind. And in some instances, it can feel your body. If you are outside in nature, you can ha- you can enjoy the sensations of smell or sight or sound. And these tiny things need to be important in your life so that you can increase their value to you. So I want you to become absorbed in this positive experience. If it is a smile for from a coworker or a good job from your boss, what does that really feel like to you? Was that important? Did it mean something? Stay with it. Don't just let it pass you by as though it is nothing. Because what you're going to do instead is you're going to get hung up on the work you didn't get done or the coworker who made a snide comment to you or the manager who told you that you need to work faster because that's where our brains want to go. So with this practice, you are not necessarily clinging to the positive experience because that potentially leads to expectation of more of them. And really all we're trying to do is enjoy the ones that come naturally. Your happiness will become more unconditional and increase based on this sense of internal appreciation rather than external conditions. Okay, the last part of this is to really intend and sense that the good experience is seeking into you. This is important. It needs to become part of you. You need practice focusing on the good, seeing the positive in order to make it your primary mode of operating and thinking instead of the negative. And this can be done in a lot of different ways. Some some of you will feel it in your body. You will feel a warm sensation spreading through your body. Others will feel it in your senses. If you're enjoying nature, it'll be the sights and sounds and smells. Um, any way you visualize this goodness sinking into you, it can be rays of sun, you know, pouring down into the top of your head. It, it doesn't matter how you see it. It's just important to experience it physically and visually and emotionally. Any single experience of taking in the good will probably not make that significant of a difference. And it might depend on what it is. Sometimes it will. It will feel very empowering, very impactful, very beautiful and encouraging. Other times, it'll just be these little things that you need to actually stop and pay attention to. But over time, those little things will add up and they will weave those positive experiences into your brain. This is the key. What I'm encouraging you to do in this noticing the good, 
and creating savoring rituals, which is back a few dozen podcasts, this will literally change your brain. Anytime you do work like this, where you are intentionally investing in the good in your life, it changes your psychological makeup, increases healing and growth, decreases stress and anxiety and depression, and increases positive experiences and gives you better overall mental health. This is a mindful practice, okay? I have had a week. It's been a week full of really, really good things and really, really terrible things. It's been full of relaxation and incredible stress. Literally in the same moment, the moment that I am realizing that I have not finished my billings, that I have not completed uh, a project that I wanted to complete while I was out of town is the exact moment I'm laying on the bed watching Despicable Me with my grandkids. I have two choices in that moment or one choice. My one choice is I can focus on everything I haven't gotten done and the stress of it or I can just lean into this beautiful moment where my adorable grandchild is laughing her head off at Gru and Minions. And we're all in the bed, climbed up on top of each other, including Victoire, our new foreign exchange student who is relishing in this experience. 60 minutes later, I'm worried sick about the illnesses and ailments and health struggles that dear, dear family members of mine are going through. And a half a second later, I realize there's not a single thing I can do about it. And so I choose to be grateful for the time that we have, for the time that we've had, for what we do know, even for what we don't know. I choose to be grateful for strong people who are caring and open and accommodating and committed to taking care of people and loving people and supporting people. Every minute we have the option to see the good and bad in our life. They both exist. Focusing on some good things and leaning into those and letting them become part of who you are and what you experience in any given day will change your brain, which then decreases the investment you have in negative thoughts, increases the investment you have in positive thoughts, increases your resilience, decreases your stress, increases your confidence, and will make your life better. It will make your relationships better. It will improve your interactions with other people. You will become less defensive. You will become more patient. This is truly one of the ways to bring this kind of 
improved emotional regulation into your life. In terms of changing your brain and training yourself to be more mindful and more present, it really is the simple things. And it is the simple things done over and over and over again. I cannot stress that enough. We often look for huge things to make big changes in our lives. And that's just not the way life works. It can, but that's not usually how it happens. And the hedonic treadmill idea is that it takes a very short period of time for a big, huge, positive thing that sends you over the moon in just a few short minutes, hours, days, that feeling goes right back to neutral. So it's not the big things that are going to have the impact that you want them to in order to change the way you see the world. It's the little things. So go back and listen to Creating Savoring Rituals. Go back and listen to the Hedonic Treadmill. Listen to the Mindfulness Podcasts. Listen to this one. It is about being in the now, recognizing what is happening right in front of you, seeing it for the good that it is, and savoring it in sight, sound, sensation, feeling in every way possible and doing that six or 12 times a day so that you train your brain to look and see those without a huge investment. Rachel Mead, Rochelle Mead, is her name. Rochelle Mead says, for every bad thing in life, there are more good things to tip the balance. I challenge you to find those good things and have a good week. 